Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Dr. Larry Straub, author of the book, The Sixth Evolution. This is a book about life, careers, and adaptation. It's a realistic look at what is to come in the coming decades, as well as, well as how to best position ourselves and our careers to survive and even prosper in such environments. Larry, I want to welcome you to the Books on Air podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Sloan. So let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, The Sixth Evolution. Well, I, I've been a uh, what I would refer to as a pracademic, uh, somebody who's kind of had a leg in both worlds of academia and practice. I uh, was the CEO of our family business for about uh, 25 years and had a 35-year business career with our family business. We sold that in 2019, and uh, since then, I have transitioned from a part-time career in academia to a full-time career in academia. Mm -hmm. So I knew someday that would probably happen, uh, and so I was planning for post-retirement careers, things like that. So I uh, got a doctorate, uh, mm -hmm. Case Western Reserve University, in 2014 is when I graduated, and this book is the culmination of the research journey that I did there. I've always had an interest. I've had a couple of family members that lost jobs in their 40s and 50s, and that's a pretty perilous landscape. Mm -hmm. um, it mm -hmm. can be really tricky to get reengaged and get reemployed. And I kind of helped them through those periods, and I've seen other people as well go through that. So I just got an interest in, in that. And then just observing everything around us right now uh, from the geopolitical issues, climate change, uh, just uh, the economy in general, the what I think are unsustainable debt levels that we have right now on a national, even regional levels. Right. Um, it just got me interested in what kind of landscape my kids and the students that I have right now are going to have. And I think it's probably shaping up to be much more convulsive, much more compressed than what I would have had to have dealt with my generation. So that's kind of where my interest came in into this topic in this particular area. Right. And it's such a big, big area to to cover. And you know, you're having your experience in the family business. I grew up in a family business also. So I think that gives you a really different perspective on things when when you're especially when it's tied in with the family. Um, can you tell us a little bit about in, in your book, you mentioned about sixth evolution thinking. Can you explain to us what that is and tell us a little about it? Yeah, you know, um, I think I would use a metaphor. I think in the coming decades, probably decades, we are going to all be on the same white knuckle turbulent flight. Mm -hmm. And there's just no getting around it. We're all going to be in the same kind of predicament in, in some ways. And with the sixth evolution thinking, I think it will just help people make sure that we're seat belted in for that journey, at least that we're not flying around the cabin, if you will. Yeah. And so just a framework that that gets people prepared and gets people positioned for 
a little bit more more convulsive times that I think we might have ahead of us. And you know, it's in in a lot of ways it's not rocket science, and in many ways it's kind of almost going back to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going back to to some of the things that people, grandparents, parents have been telling us for decades. Um, you know, things, for example, just strong and stable relationships, um, you know, adaptability, being able right. to, to kind of be ready for about anything, you know, watching your finances, uh, your physical and mental vitality, right? you know, just trying to stay on top of your game as much as you can, and then just never stop learning, always, right. always keep trying to keep positioned and, and uh, the world's changing pretty fast. There's a lot of things coming down the pike at us. So we just got to stay as on top of things as we possibly can. Yeah. And what I'm hearing when you're talking about this too, it's, it's, to me, it sounds like it's also a, a grounding into taking control of some things in your life, right? There's, it's really easy for that fear to take over. And when we're living in a fearful state, then we're often running around doing things that are not necessarily in our best interest. So what I'm hearing you, you remind everyone with this is also just that taking that control back of what you can control and, and acting from that place. Yeah, I, you're absolutely on target there. Uh, you know, honestly, one of the, one of the foundational elements of this is positivity, you know, yeah. as, as scary as it seems at times, as, as tough as it might seem at times, there's always going to, there's, there's going to be tremendous opportunities out there for you. Right. Anytime you got convulsive environments, it's, it's a little scary. It's a little tenuous, but there's tremendous opportunities in it. So if you can keep your perspective and you can just kind of be practical and, you know, understand that there's going to be some ups and downs, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to stress to my students right now is don't think of, which I think has too often been the case. Don't think of careers as a straight upward and forward. Right. Think of it more like a rock climbing wall. Sometimes you're going to have to go sideways. Sometimes you're going to have to maybe even go down before you can go back up and find right. the pathway forward. And, you know, we just have got this many times, this mindset that everything's just up and forward. And I don't yeah. know that it's necessarily going to work out that way anymore. Uh, you know, like me, even uh, three, four years before we sold our family business, we thought we were on a track to continue in that business. And probably we thought we were in the catbird seat. Well, there were some things that changed pretty dramatically. We were able to get out of it in good shape, but it just changed the dynamics of the industry. So we had to make adjustments and we all did as a family and we all came out okay with it, you know, but yeah. um, you just you just do not know what's going to come down the pike. So it's not all negative. It really isn't. But right. we just got ourselves in a bit of a pickle right now with some things that I think it's going to take. It's going to take a lot of brain power. It's going to take a lot of folks chipping in and to get us through all this. We can do it, but it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride for a while, I think. Yeah. And you mentioned positivity, which is, it's, to me, it's key that even when things are crazy and things are, because oftentimes the craziness is out of our control, as I mentioned earlier, talking about control, but you've also mentioned adaptability. How do you think that plays into being successful over time? Well, you know, honestly, you know, if you look at the last couple of decades, couple, three decades, innovation was kind of the kingpin. Mm Mm-hmm. I really think innovation is going to continue to be just as important, but I think there's going to be a new runner up for first place. And I think that is adaptability. 
yeah. just being able to to end, you know, be practical enough to understand that once again things aren't always going to be up and forward. Be practical enough to understand that, you know, you're going to take some hits every once in a while. Um, but, but but being positive enough and being able to adapt, and you know, adaptability is a skill, just like right. anything else. You right. can learn to be adaptable, um, and so research a little bit, find out the ways that you can, you can make your, yourself, your life, your career more adaptable. For instance, with me, I always knew what ended up happening could happen with our business and our industry. Right. I knew that probably when it did happen, it was going to be at one of the worst points for me, which it was. I mean, I was about 59 when we sold our business. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty late to have to be restarting a career and things. Well, my adaptability came from I got my doctorate. I kept my education going. I, I taught for 35 years in a part-time fashion uh, as adjuncts in different universities. I didn't have to do that, but I knew that gave me an alternative pathway. And I think that's right. going to be one of the biggest keys for people is to have those alternate pathways, you know, right. uh, to where you don't have all of your eggs in one basket, to where there's other things that you can do. And, um, you know, I just always positioned my life for that. And so when it ended up happening, yeah, it was a little scary. You know, it's a little scary to be in your late 50s and being on the job market really for the first time. But, it, you know, it worked out. I mean, I was able to punch through it and I was able to find a really good uh, fulfilling career that I'll probably do my health holds up hopefully at 80s plus. I just love what I'm doing right now. And yeah. I really, really enjoyed teaching and enjoyed trying to spread all this uh, as much as possible. So yeah, that, that adaptability, I think is going to be an absolute must. And I think it's going to be a key in the coming decade or so. Yeah. And I th the adaptability, the other thing about that is, and you, as you mentioned that we often think of our career being a straight path and forward as I've went through the past 20 some years and jobs that I've had, we often think we're going to stay the same. And so we're, we have this vision that we need to go forward in the mindset we are today, but that's not yeah. the case because we're changing over time as well. And if we're adapting and we're keeping that positive, that more as much as we can, right. We're not talking about, you know, not like blinders onto what's going on. We're not talking about that, but to me, it's more of that. What, what can I control with everything that's going yeah. on? Right. And yeah. you, you mentioned that about keeping your, you know, the, the things that you did um, over your career with the teaching at part-time things that you were interested, you kept going with that. I've had similar situations like that too, where I, my side projects, I, I used to, I was really interested and this is probably 13 or 14 years ago. Now I was very interested in websites, how to design and code and all that stuff early on. And long story short, I did a lot of practicing playing around and that actually led me into a consulting career. It was the things I did on the side that actually led me to, it's been 12 or 13 years now that I've been doing this as my, doing that as my full-time income. And the interesting part about that, and whenever I tell that story, it's almost as if people don't believe me because they, yeah. they're like, you didn't go to school. You didn't know. I have no formal IT training. I learned what I learned. I taught myself and the rest of it, as you're saying, I adapted, I kept trying even when I failed. And it's, it, it's been a, a, a wonderful experience to do, to live life in that way, rather than feel like I had to follow some path, some predetermined path, because that's maybe how society thinks it should be done. So I think no, that's, I, that's I, so key. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, that one of the best things we have out there right now is there's just, they, they think they term them and they call them side hustles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. They're, 
Yeah, there are so many great quote unquote side hustles out there right now. You know, I, I tell students all the time, uh, you know, I like to go uh, after work every once in a while, go grab a drink at a bar and just kind of catch up on emails and, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, unwind a little bit. And I love just sitting at the bar talking to bartenders. And I tell my students, I, and, and I talk to these bartenders that are up there, I said, this is something that somebody ought to do at least once in their life for a year or two, because you can always do it. You can always find a job. You yes. can do that anywhere in the world, anytime. Yes. And what a great thing to learn and, and to have as a foundation. If, if you know, if, if uh, your hours get cut back or work or things get a little tough at work or you're between jobs or something like that, you've always got something you can go out and do. That's my teaching has always been that for me through the years. Mm -hmm. I could always find a part-time little gig at a university right. and, and right. graduate level or undergrad, whatever. And, you know, help pay for vacations, help, uh, yeah. help pay for the kids' colleges, you know, just any number of things. So I just uh, think it's, I, I just firmly believe in multiple pathways, multiple income streams, yes. just uh, everything you can learn to make yourself more valuable is just going to position your life that much better moving forward. I a hundred percent agree. And I think that that is that willingness to do that for yourself. Also, you, you, you show yourself so many things that you didn't think you were capable of when you start doing these kinds of things, side hustles, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Um, but you, you it's, and it's more to me, it's always been more than just maybe the income about it. It's been, what am I learning about this? Like, wow, this is opening up something completely different for me. And I'm actually doing that now with what I do on, on these podcasts and moving over into like voice work and stuff. And uh -huh. that's not something I've ever done. I'm, I'm learning about it. I've been taking lessons about lessons. it, but it's really fun. It's fun also, right? There's that, that side of things yeah. when you're doing something out of maybe your day to day job, you get to experience other things that are exciting and fun that bring joy to your life rather than just going through the drudgery of a day job. Yeah. You know, one, one, other thing I would just mention, again, this book, it's a little heady to try to write this book and to bring all this together because it's dealing with some things like, you know, that are, they're that a little heavy, you know, that, yeah. you know, some it's looking at a, at a potential future that doesn't always look as bright as maybe, you know, where we've been in the past. But I, I tell you, to cut us a little slack, you know, human ambition is a wonderful thing in a lot of ways, but I think right now, I think maybe in some ways we've got out a little ahead of our skis. Mm -hmm. We have spread our wings. We have, we've just got so much ambition right now. Tech, you know, technology, travel, everything around us. We have just been able to move so fast and we have, we have government systems that were built 200 plus years ago. We, we have infrastructures that were built 50 and 60 plus years ago. This whole globalization, this expansive finance that we have, just so many things have just really come on in about the last 25 to 30, 40 years tops. Mm -hmm. And we are just having a hard time keeping up with it all. It yeah. is like literally like trying to get a drink of water out of a fire hose. <laughs> and it's just it's no wonder that we're kind of going to that we are currently kind of hitting the wall. We're going to hit the wall a little bit. And, you know, we can figure it out, but it's going to, you know, the, the thing that's a little disturbing to me right now is, you know, we don't seem to have the collective will that yeah. you would have seen back in the World War II days and the World Wars. You know, 
where people would sacrifice and really try to just suck it up and work together. You know, we have spurts of that, like after 9-11 and sometimes like that, but they don't last very long. Right. Um, we're going to really have to get back with that. We're going to need each other. Uh, these, you know, I, I tell students all the time, build these networks, LinkedIn, right. just all these things. You're, you're going to need people. And, you know, like with me, what got me my job in academia was a weak tie link. You know, yeah. it wasn't a strong tie link. It was a yeah. weak tie link. And it was a person I would have never, and you can't imagine how many times Sloan that I heard those stories in my research it was the person that I would have least expected that had the most impact on me getting a job. Yeah. I, I, I interviewed hundreds of people that lost their jobs in 2008 in that economic crisis. And mm-hmm. I heard that over and over again, how many times it was their weak tie links that mm-hmm. really made the most difference in getting them reengaged, getting them reemployed. So, you know, build those networks, your families, you know, so many people have just gotten to where they're their own Island and they don't feel like families or communities are important. I think we're going to need all of that. Um, I saw instances of all of that, just that backup and that support that just made a huge difference of helping people get back on their feet at times when they were teetering a little bit. I totally agree in that. The, it just seems that thing we, we, again, we have this vision of how things are going to go, but the, the universe, whatever you want to call it, has a way of surprising us. And, you know, people who we least expect it sometimes are our biggest champions. Yeah. Um, your book allows readers to utilize some of your research to determine their convulsive environment quotient. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, it's actually convulsive economic quotient. Oh, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. That's all right. That's all right. It's pretty close, pretty close. Um, yeah, um, actually on my website, it's larrystraub.com. It has mm-hmm. all of the information on the book itself, but it's also got some links on there. One of the links on there allows you to take the survey that I did for my quantitative research for my doctoral studies. And it has the nine categories that I have for the what I call the Promethean framework. Those are those nine things that I think everybody needs to take care of. You know, again, uh, relationships, your physical, your physical uh, uh, and mental abilities, right. you know, uh, just uh, lifelong learning, those type of things. It gives you, it it's, does a measurement. It's 76 questions, probably takes about maybe 15, 20 minutes, and it'll actually give you a score in each of those areas. And then it gives you a cumulative score. And mm-hmm. that's what I refer to as a convulsive economic quotient. And it'll show you in each of those categories, what your score is. And basically if you're 80, if you score 80% or up, just kind of like in, in school, you're probably in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of continue to backfill those areas and things like that. If you're scoring 60% in an area, it's probably an area you need to, you know, take care of. And a lot of us, it's, it's our, you know, our physical fitness and stuff, our exercise, right. regimens, things right. like that. So, uh, it'll just kind of give you those kind of scores, let you know areas that you kind of need to beef up a little bit, maybe areas you need to, you know, uh, continue to build and, and strengthen. So, uh, it's a it's a really neat instrument. It'll just give you a, a really nice look at kind of how you are positioned and mm-hmm. maybe how you be positioned for the future. Yeah, that's uh, and it's interesting doing something like that, answering the questions because I think a lot of times we think we're we think we have an idea, but it's not until we really actually start to look in these different areas of our life that we see. Wait a minute, I'm actually not doing the thing that I want to do in this in this area of my life. So. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely link to your website in the show notes so the listeners can easily access that. 
Um, Thank you. Yes. So um, just a couple more questions before we wrap up. What would you say surprised you the most in your research? You know, I'll be real honest with you. Um, Of all of the people I talked to, all of the stories, when I ended my interviews, I would always give these folks my phone number. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted them to call me and update me. I gave them my yeah. cell phone number. And I probably heard back from about maybe a third of them. Okay. Um, and, you know, they would call and excitedly tell me they got their life kind of on the right track again. They got jobs, things like that. But they weren't all, they weren't all happy endings. Um, mm-hmm. there, there were people that, uh, God, it's just, it's sad. They, they just, they weren't very well positioned. They really... Uh, got their props not knocked out from under them. You know, I guess the thing that surprised me the the most was just how close we all are to humility. You know yeah. that yeah. that how many things we don't control and how quickly these lives that we think we built can kind of potentially, you know, uh, get get kind of the props knocked out from under them. And that's that's the thing I've never forgotten. I've just I've never. I, I'm, I'm sure not as cocky as I was yeah. before. I, yeah. Not that I was really cocky. I don't think anyway, but um, I, you know, I just, I learned a lot from that. And I just, I just saw it's kind of a there, but the grace of God go I moment for me, you know, and, yeah. and you saw some of these folks, you could tell they were, they were scared. They were, they were almost panicky. They, you know, I had one, one woman that kind of started hyperventilating when she was telling mm-hmm. her story. You know, the other thing that the other thing that I noticed, too, was and this is the thing that is just so brutally severed in, in many of these instances is the importance of work families. Sloan, yeah. we don't we don't realize, you know, we build these little family units within our with our workplaces. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, many times people, they get kind of unceremoniously booted and security at uh, walks them out with their box of goods and they right. don't see these people much, if any, ever again. And so it's like losing so much of their identity and almost a family in a way. So that, that was really something that really opened my eyes as well. Yeah. And that's a big, you know, especially if people, if, if, if you're a person whose life is focused on work and that gets taken away from you, I've yeah. experienced that too, with people I worked with who, you know, they, they're like, I don't know who I am anymore now that yeah. I don't have this job. And yeah. that's, um, and I, I love the reminder of the humility too, because again, we, we can't control everything. And, um, I think that helps us appreciate what we have. It helps us remind us to appreciate our every yeah. day. Right. Cause it, it we yeah. never know. We never know. Uh, who would you say your book would appeal to and why? Well, you know, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, I actually, when I, when I started doing this research, I had it more focused on mid-career folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I, I really, I, I think it really can apply to really all different sectors, but I think probably mid-career is definitely a, a mm-hmm. good target market for this. But at the same time, I'm working just as hard as ever. I have this as a, as one of the textbooks and uh, about three of my classes, two mm-hmm. grad, uh, two grad, one undergrad, and even a doctoral level class that I teach. And I just, I really try to get this. My, it's our senior class at, at my university, Newman University, is strategic planning. 
or mm-hmm. strategic management. And I teach that class. I use this. This is the last class these business school majors take before they graduate. And I use this as the, as one of the two textbooks in it. And we spend about a third of the semester on it. I have them do the surveys. We talk about the results and we talk about how they need to position themselves. So the best way to, to deal with the problem is to head it off. Yeah. You know, so yeah. If we can get these students positioned and get the foundations under them. And first of all, we got to get the light bulbs turned on. We yes. got to get them to understand the importance of all of this. That just makes a huge difference. So, so yeah, I, I do think it's got a pretty broad spectrum of folks that I think can benefit from it. Uh, but I, but I really think probably the college age up to mid career probably is the sweet spot. Yeah. Yes. It, I mean, and it sounds like from um, this could for especially for college age people who aren't maybe they don't have any they don't have the life experience to understand. So if you understand this early on, it seems like you're better prepared and set up for the rest of your life. And you're, you're and again, it goes back to that adaptability that we talked about in the positivity because you have the tools to be able to understand how to to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Dr. Straub, I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, Dr. Larry Straub is the author of the book, The Sixth Evolution. And before we close out today, what do you hope the readers learn or take away after reading your book? Well, I, I just really hope that they they can gain an appreciation that, you know, we need to stay we need to stay tough. We need to stay on our A game. We need to, we need to continue to grow and learn no matter what stage of life we're in. Um, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is I, I think people are going to probably hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I think people are going to need to work longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this retirement at 62 and 65, you know, when those dates were set up, they expected people to live maybe another five years or seven yeah. years. Time. You know, yeah. they weren't set up for, a society where people are averaging 80 plus years of age now, and that's continuing to increase. So, uh, and, and frankly, I don't know that retirement is that good for us. I I think we need, we need, we need something to stimulate both socially, physically, and intellectually. And I think our brains, they've proven we have these little Tia's, these little mini strokes throughout our life. Mm -hmm. Well, when you have that, intellectual resiliency and you're accountable for some results, I think your brain builds new neural networks around those little dead ends that get forced in your brain. And and I think so intellectual vitality, I think is just crucial for all of us at all stages of our lives. So I think um, just stay tough, stay, stay on top of your game and be prepared to go for the long haul. I think we're, we're going to have disruptions in, in mid-career at times, and it's going to f- maybe alter our career on the end of it, you know, to where we may have to work a little longer. We may have to stay active in the workplace a little bit longer. So that's some of the big things I would take. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully people will just get a little different framework in mind as they move yeah. forward with their careers and their yeah. lives. Yes. Well, uh, Larry, I want to thank you again for joining us today and being our guest on Books on Air. Well, it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yes. You can find more about the book, The Sixth Evolution on Amazon, and I'll link to the book and also Larry's website in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. 
I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.